politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Well, I guess the question is, did uh, did he do it? Did he do it? Because now the truth is coming out. No, I don't mean OJ. I mean Lee Harvey Oswald. Biden today releasing all these secret JFK files, which I thought were not going to be released because COVID? And now they're coming out. What do you know? Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're having a great day today. 69% of Americans disapprove of Biden's handling of inflation. 61% disapprove of his handling on crime. 63% disapprove on immigration. 55% disapprove on relations with Russia. Just smashing numbers all around the board. Smashing success. A smashing success. And um, what I also love, too, is even CNN got into it today. Even CNN. (laughs) Went after Joe Biden over his dismal approval rating. Are you getting a sense that there's a movement afoot to try to get him out prematurely before 2024? Because I'm starting to get that feeling. This is such a bad train wreck. It's so bad that I am just beginning to wonder now if if maybe the end is coming a lot sooner than anybody even anticipated. Just because things are so bad and he's so bad at the job. So bad at the job. There was a New York Times columnist who came out today and said he's he's got to go this is a mess this is this is a mess oh and also too elon musk trolling senator elizabeth warren for basically being america's mother-in-law is fantastic it's great he's just short of him saying you're america's mother-in-law but he's pretty much kind of said it in that way and uh and it's fantastic here's cnn roasting joe biden over his terrible approval numbers you know when you've lost cnn well as they say you've lost the whole game here And we begin with our brand new CNN poll. The numbers are bleak, beyond bleak for the president and for his party. Bleak, beyond bleak. Now now count the days, the midterm election year and the midterm fight to control Congress. Economic pain and anxiety are behind the country's sour mood. And that coast-to-coast COVID frustration you just heard is the driving force of this sobering, very sobering year-end report card. Let's take a look at the numbers. Number one, the president's approval rating is the North Star of midterm election politics. Our new poll finds the president at 49% approval, 51% disapproval. Relatively evenly divided country in our poll. But our poll has a number slightly better when you average out the last five or six polls, which is the smart thing to do, never invest in just one poll, you see the president's approval rating at the end of the year averages at 45%, 51 disapproved. Only Donald Trump was lower than that at this point of his presidency. We know what happened to the Republicans in the first midterm of the Trump presidency. This is the challenge for Democrats. Can you change that number over the course of the next few months? Let's look at why. Why is the president's approval down near a historic low? Well, on COVID, he is still above water, if you will. 54% of Americans approve of the president's handling of COVID, 45% disapprove. But look at all these other issues. 54% disapprove. A majority disapprove on the economy. A big majority, nearly 60%, disapprove on immigration. A majority disapprove on is Joe Biden doing what Joe Biden promised to do, help the middle class. 54% say they disapprove. International policy, foreign affairs, also the president underwater. Let's walk more closely through this. This is a signature number here. Listen to these numbers for remember, Joe Biden ran. I get it. I'm not Donald Trump. I can fix it. Your life will get better. Only three in 10 Americans, only 30% say Biden's policies have improved the economy. 45% say they have worsened things. And 25% say no effect. So add this up. 70. 70- Honestly, as I'm listening to this, all I keep thinking of is this is CNN. This is John King on CNN. 
<laughs> and he's loving this. Percent of Americans say things are either the same or worse when it comes to the economy in Joe Biden's presidency. That is alarming for the Democrats. And it translates again this way. Remember, he said, I get it. I have all this experience. I am ready to lead. Well, 66% of Americans, two-thirds, that means a fair amount of Democrats, have either reservations or doubts about President Biden's leadership. Again, a warning sign heading into the midterm. So why is this happening? 80% of you, 80% say food costs are a problem in the economy. 79% say supply chain. 65% Mm -hmm. say COVID. You see it on gas costs, housing costs, government spending. But this is what is critical about this poll. This is not just people think this. Look at our numbers. People feel this. That's why the president is down. Yeah, they do feel it. And and what's amazing is that the Democrats are concerned about Mark Meadows on January 6th, which is the ultimate distraction. I mean, it's why it's what I said this morning on the show. They keep bringing up this thing that nobody cares about. I mean, really, nobody cares. What people care about is what they're paying for things. And this is the problem right now. This, this has been the problem for Democrats in day one. I mean, I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. Because they are, they're going to get shellacked in midterms. But as John King points out, it's still the same. It's the economy, stupid pocketbook issues. It always has been. And, and I don't care whether it's 2016 or 2020 is an exception because of the fact that it was COVID. But Democrats are still not focused on the issues that matter to people. They're still running around talking about climate change and everything else. They're not focused and dialed down on the issues that affect Americans every day. And that's why they're going to keep losing. It's, why they, I, it's going to be a shellacking, this, the midterm elections shellacking this is personal 70 percent, nearly 69 percent of americans say they've been unable to find something they want to purchase supply chain issues 57 percent say they've faced delays in receiving something they want to purchase again back to the supply chain 54 percent of you say you've either bought fewer groceries or changed what you buy at the store because of inflation at the grocery store and it's a smaller number but still 43 percent of americans say they've cut back significantly on driving because gas costs are up the now, imagine that, right? We're, we're cutting back on driving because gas costs are up. But we're also told to believe that this is all temporary and this isn't real and you're just making this up and this isn't, none of this is really happening. None of this is really happening, all right? You're all making it up. It's all in front of your eyes. I'm, it, it, it's, it's, it, it is a, an absolute um, disaster for them. Joe Biden's presidency is a disaster, and it's not just me saying that. I mean, th- this is this is what Democrats are saying, and they've been saying it behind the scenes, and now they're saying it publicly too. And you've got you've got even Democrats now coming out and saying he he's got to go. I mean, this is just a this is just a mess. This is a mess. This presidency. But let's talk about January sixth, shall we? Um, you know the lawlessness in the country, the lawlessness. What is the what does the Speaker of the House have to say about all the crime that's running rampant in this country, which is directly attributable to these woke prosecutors who will not prosecute people? What does the vampiric one say? The fact is that there is an attitude of uh, uh, lawlessness in our country that springs from I don't know where. Maybe you do. Maybe maybe you do. I I don't know where the lawlessness comes from. Do you? Huh? Anybody know? Do you? Ah, ah, ah. How about it comes to the fact that there are criminals who are taking advantage of the fact that they won't go to prison? What about that? What what about what about that whole thing that they 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 don't think they're going to have to go to prison if they get caught committing crimes? Philadelphia officials urge against inter household Christmas gatherings a big COVID nineteen case spike. Inter, inter. My question is this: What about intra? 
What about intro within your own house? Can you can you still have Christmas parties within your own house? That's all I want to know. Because I am considering not having Christmas with um, anyone but myself. Uh, just literally just having some guy time, some Richie time. So can I get that warning too? How ridiculous is this now? They're now warning, don't, here, this is the Commissioner Health here. Here we go. Things we've been doing all along to combat this virus work. We know that when everyone wears a mask, we are all safer. Mm-hmm. Right. We know that when someone not true, who's by the sick way. decides to stay home, they protect their coworkers and mm-hmm. their classmates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know that when we avoid gatherings with other households, we can stop the spread. Doesn't it sound like March or April of 2020 to you, not December of 2021? That's what it sounds. When I listen to this, what it, it, it sounds like, it sounds like a world with no vaccines, no treatments, where we don't have enough ventilators, where we don't understand the virus, we don't understand transmission. That's what it, it doesn't sound like. We're dealing with a virus, uh, and a, particularly a new variant that is incredibly mild, with vaccines and with treatments and with a pill that just came out. Hospitals that can handle this now. It doesn't sound like any of that. And I think for a lot of these people, they, they really are stuck in, in that March of 2020 mindset. This Philadelphia health official certainly sounds that way. Brings me to what is probably the hardest thing I'll have to, t- have to talk with you about. Go ahead. Holiday gatherings. Here we go. I know just how important it is for all of us to see our friends and family for the holidays. We all miss those gatherings and connections. No, we don't miss them. After you know why? two years of doing everything we were supposed to do, we want the chance to You see- know why we don't miss them? Because we've been doing them. See, this is, again, this is the disconnect between bureaucrats like this Philadelphia Health Commissioner, Dr. Cheryl Bettiglio, and and normal people who, she's doing this in a Zoom in her house with a terrible background because she's clearly not around human beings in an office space. People have been seeing each other. They've been going out with friends and families. They've been having Christmas parties. They've been taking their kids to see Santa. This stuff has been happening. It's been normal, except for people like you. That's the reality. The reality is you have been living your life. I've been living my life. You've been taking trips. You've been seeing friends. You've been seeing your family. You listen to her and you go, I know, we know how hard it is. You haven't been able to see everybody. No, we've been seeing people actually. You haven't been seeing people because you live in utter fear. You live in fear. And if it wasn't COVID, it'd be something else, honestly. It'd be red meat and, and sugar, which maybe those things we should be fearing. Everyone's smiling faces. It's hard and it feels impossible and it feels unfair. But I know, and our contact tracing tells us, that these gatherings, when we get together with friends and family, are when we infect each other with COVID. We saw it with Thanksgiving. And I worry that people are getting together then, or people who were getting together then, likely contributed to the rise in cases we're seeing now. As a human- How many people died as a result of those Thanksgiving gatherings versus case numbers? Because again, you're, you keep hearing about case numbers. And I point this out because... You're living your life. I'm living your life, and you have these 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 tyrants, these petty tyrants in New York, Philadelphia, San Francisco, all over the place, who are still going on about case numbers. And this is why this will never end because there's always going to be case numbers. There's always going to be community spread. There's always going to be transmission. It's a respiratory freaking virus. It's going to spread. But they keep bringing up the wrong numbers, and they do that on purpose. You understand? This is all deliberate because if they talked about deaths. With it, with the virus rate, the Omicron death rate now, according to South African data, of 0.5%, how can they possibly use that as a legitimate argument to keep you from seeing your friends and your family and from not doing this and from wearing a mask and from being forced to get a vaccine? They, they couldn't. So they bring up case numbers, not deaths. My God, if she came out and she said, uh, since Thanksgiving, we've lost, you know, blank amount of, amount of people, and it was a shocking percentage of people, then I think everybody would, would, would buy in. 
the problem is these are these are very small numbers. And I know it sounds, 800,000, sounds like it's a horrible number. It's very sad. It's sad to lose people. It is. And this is a virus that can kill people, no, no doubt about it. And we understand very much about who the people are that the virus particularly targets. Like, we understand that now. We, 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 we know more about it. We've got it. But we're going to live our life now. We're not going to see each other, even if we're not in that in that target group that can that is really vulnerable with vaccines, with treatments, with 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 ventilators. I mean, I mean, we're we're going to live our lives that way. Yes, and the answer is because that's how they can keep their thumb on you, controlling you. That's why. That's how. As a mom, as a friend, as a community member, I don't want to say this, but as health commissioner and someone who cares deeply about all of the people who will get sick, they'll miss out on work school will get sicker will end up in our hospitals and those who will die i have to say it please do not get together with other households for christmas or if you do keep those gatherings small have everyone do a rapid test before they come you imagine that you have your friends over and 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 your family over and everybody stands in the doorway and, and does a rapid test before they all come in to enjoy christmas together how insane that is. We had, uh, for Thanksgiving, we had Bridget's family over, several elderly aunts. We did not do rapid tests. There was no reason to. Nobody felt sick. Nobody was sick. They came from New York City. We're around here. Everybody had a great time. Hugging, kissing, laughing, drinking wine together, eating turkey together. Everybody's still here. Everybody's doing fine. You imagine the ridiculousness of this, of, hey, before I let you in, can you g- give me a quick rapid test? And now, now go sit out there for 15 minutes and wait. Or come on in. We'd love to have you. Come on in and celebrate Christmas together. Here's a mask. Why don't just have everybody wear a Bio 5 level biohazard suit like they didn't wear in Wuhan? Why don't you have them wear that? Just, I mean, just, you know, to, because if it saves one life, right? And ask everyone to stay home if they feel even a little bit unwell. You know what? I feel unwell every time I'm around my in-laws. So I would never, ever be around anybody. And I'm sure that every single person feels a little bit unwell this time of year for a variety of reasons. Overeating, not getting enough sleep, the stress of paying for all this freaking stuff that's now so expensive that we got to buy. Also, the, 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 the stress of listening to the nonstop barrage of the same Christmas music over and over and over and over and over again in the malls. I'm sure that we all feel a little bit uneasy. And then what is, what is Uncle Johnny going to say this year at Christmas to offend somebody? And, well, is my mother-in-law really going to bring up really going to bring up January 6th over Christmas dinner? This, Yes, we are all feeling a little unwell over this. We are. So based on that, nobody's getting together again. Just like it's 2020 all over again. Let's, let's party like it's 2020. And by that, I mean not party. Please do not hold or attend holiday parties indoors. It's just too dangerous. And instead, profess your brotherly love and sisterly affection by wearing your mask by avoiding crowded indoor spaces, by staying home if you're sick, and by getting every dose of COVID vaccine that you're eligible for. Every dose. Get all the doses, in fact. All of them. Every one that's available in America, I mean. I get 7 million shots. You get it all at once. Here's the thing, too. Uh, Stay outside and freeze to death. That'll be great. So grandma will survive COVID, but she'll be outside and she'll freeze to death. That makes a lot of sense. That's really good. What happened to her? Won't she die? Yeah, she did. She COVID? No, actually froze to death. She did no. Actually, she was outside. She got. A, she died. She got sick. She was outside. COVID? No, no, no. The flu, and because it's freaking winter and it's the flu season, and um, this is beyond ridiculous, isn't it? Somebody's gonna have frozen snot. It's gonna 
freeze up their nose. They're not going to be able to breathe. And then we're going to have to deal with that. It's going to be an emergency room situation. I'm just telling you. Do your socializing outside whenever you can. And I know I've said this a lot, but get your vaccines and your boosters ahead of the holidays so that you're less likely to catch or spread COVID. You know what? I'm going to give Santa, make sure his fat ass gets a COVID test. I don't want that guy coming down my chimney with COVID. You know what I mean? So I'm going to stand up there. I'm going to make sure I'm going to be on the roof waiting for him. And and the minute he lands on there, I'm going to go, hey, yo, buddy, big guy, let's go. You're in that target group, a little bit pudgy. Let's get you. I want to right now. Let's do this. Let's do this before I let you inside. We, 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 we're so beyond, beyond stupid. We're so beyond stupid, aren't we? Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I miss common sense. I really do. I miss common sense. I'd love to have common sense back in America. Can we get it back? Do you realize the 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 fear porn, fear mongering industry and how important this is to them to keep this going because of ratings and everything else? They, they have nothing. What else are you going to talk about? How terrible Joe Biden is? I mean, CNN did that today to their credit, but that's about it. That's it. But beyond that, I mean, what are they going to talk about? I don't know about you, but it seems to me as if the desperation of the media since Donald Trump left the White House is just, it, it's, they have, they're, they're desperate. They're desperate. And so fear sells. And I've told you this, fear sells. Not in normal America, but it sells in the places where they need ratings and cities. It does. I mean, think of the, the disconnect between real life of people living their lives and the attitude in metropolitan areas like New York and Philadelphia and San Francisco and Chicago and everything else. Think of where, where the media, their headquarters are. It's in these cities. And their ratings are highly dependent upon these metropolitan areas where they want to show lots of TV shows and they bleed constantly with COVID, 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 COVID. COVID, COVID. Constantly. Now, why are mobs tearing down statues, you might ask yourself? Well, the Speaker of the House of Vampiric won't address that today. I'm not one of those people who's wedded to, oh, a statue to somebody someplace is an important thing. I, to be fair, I was, there was one time I did wed a statue, but it was in uh, the year eight. Uh, and he wasn't a statue at the time. He became a statue after I, uh, my eyes uh, turned him into a statue. But uh, so technically I was wedded to a statue, but not at the time. Uh, I don't, again, if the community doesn't want the statue there, the statue shouldn't be there. Uh, I, I doesn't diminish my pride in my Italian-American heritage and the fact yeah, that... Yeah, uh, we don't want you, country. by the way. We don't want you. Technically, it's Roman, as in Roman Empire which is where the earliest days of the vampire community come from. It's not Italian. Please, I don't want to, uh, nothing, thank you. Discovered by an Italian name for an Italian American, Vespucci. Uh, so oh, we like him I have now? that He's pride, the, uh, uh, but I don't uh, care that much uh, about Vespucci it. and I went on a date once. <laughs> he didn't, uh, we didn't pay the check, so I'm not a big uh, Vespucci fan. But he's still better than Columbus, they tell me, because Columbus was a bad guy, apparently. On those ships, though, across the ocean, it was a great feeding opportunity. Statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People do what they do. People will do what they do. I've seen people do. I've seen people throw witches into the harbor who were witches and i said to them just wait honey and we'll get you later i people will do what what they're what they're going to do you understand and uh and that's just that's just that's just that from a safety standpoint uh it would be a good idea to uh 
have it taken down if the community doesn't want it. I don't know that it has to be a commission, uh, but it just could be a, a community view. And sometimes it's something that's been there, that view has been there for a while. And, and, and then other times uh, we'll just uh, crumble the statues uh, and uh, and then have the peasants uh, re- rebuild them. We've seen we've seen we've seen that uh, we've seen that, too. Uh, so uh, the big news today is that they declassified a lot of the JFK assassination files, the records dump, I guess, to also distract from Joe Biden's horrible poll numbers and horrible economy. And I haven't had a chance to read through all of these, obviously. They just came out a short time ago. But a couple of takeaways here. 1,500 documents released Wednesday by the National Archives and Records Administration disclosed that an anonymous tipster warned U.S. Embassy officials in Australia a year earlier that Kennedy would be assassinated by the Soviet Union for a $100,000 bounty. So we're blaming this on Russia. I can already see the. I can already see it now. That it was Russian collusion. Lee Harvey Oswald met with a KGB agent just two months before the assassination of JFK. Russian collusion. How soon until they blame Trump for this? And don't forget, he did accuse Ted Cruz's father of being something, I think, related to somebody or something, right? The Zodiac Killer. And maybe he killed Kennedy, too, I think. Didn't he accuse him of that? I forget. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Indeed it is, and glad you're here this afternoon. So what else is going on in the news today? Uh, there'll be a lot more on the JFK stuff, obviously. I have to go through the files, but all this is coming out. But I do think the key thing is, um, why should, at this point should there be any files? They're not released. I mean, honestly. Just release all of them. It's nice to have another 1,500 pages, but until all the pages are released... I have no choice but to entertain every conspiracy theory out there, including the fact that maybe Ted Cruz's dad killed Kennedy. So I have to entertain every theory until we know definitively. And the only way we'll know definitively is if, in fact, we have every file declassified by the administration, something that Joe Biden has said he would do. So what are you waiting for? Let's do it. Let's get it out there, because I think we'd all like to see it and we'd all like to know the truth. If nothing else, just to put the theories to bed. If in fact it was Lee Harvey Oswald by himself because he was a Russian agent, fine. Let's just get it out there. Let's just do it. All right. And hey, I have a question for you. And that's this. When the government wants to take away your freedom, huh? what's the big freaking deal? All right. What's the big deal? And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? What's the big deal, man? Even though we know that the vaccine still will not stop people from spreading it to somebody else. But hey, that's all right. And then the people that you'd be afraid of spreading it to should also be vaccinated at this point. So, But what's the big deal, man? So what if we take away your freedom and your bodily autonomy and your choices? Huh? What's the big deal? Come on. What's what's the big deal? Also, what's the big deal? Why are you so worried? What's what's with you people worried about crime all over the country? You know, in San Francisco, for example, car owners are actually leaving their trunks open to show people it's empty so that people stop breaking into trunks. Because, I mean, that's that's the truth here that people keep breaking in to find stuff in there. And so they 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 don't they don't want to have that happen. So they're going, look, it's empty. Look. Just don't, there's nothing for you to take, so stop breaking into my car. I don't know about you, 
But I often wonder about, and I always I say to you, one of my, my Zioli axioms is that it's never about what it's about. It's always about what it's about. And what does that mean exactly? It means that there's always an agenda behind something, everything, every movement, everything else. And part of the recent thing with regards to corporate America embracing so passionately, of course, the transgender movement to the point of trying to cancel comedians and you have biological men beating women, crushing women swimmers at like University of Pennsylvania, for example, the video that came out of this guy just destroying the other women athletes. And the embrace of this by corporate America and and the media and and wokeism and everything else, I've often said it's it's because it's a it's a bigger effort on underway here. And here's an NYU faculty member asserting that trans activism is actually part of a larger effort to bring about a communist revolution. Revolution. Take a listen. Why do we say that trans liberation calls for communist revolution? <laughs> Starting with the big one. Um, okay, I'm going to leap on this first, but then I promise I will um, take a, a backseat. You know, the dominant, um, uh, like, say, liberal bourgeois reframing of trans liberation as trans rights and recognitions, kind of, say, based in uh, the uh, supposedly successful pattern of, like, say, gay liberation transformed into rights and recognitions realized at the path level of the state in some places, not everywhere. Um, we make the claim that not only is this insufficient, but that pouring our energy into this thing is actually not going to get us what we want or what we need. Um, this kind of economic transformation that would be a kind of communist horizon, right? A world in which everyone has what they need. Um, so why does this, why does this immediately matter to trans people? Well, what do trans people in our particularity have to, 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 to say or to offer that expands the universalism of a communist of a, of a communist society, right? Um, which is to say, uh, one that would be achieved uh, in time through processes and events that we could call revolutionary, that we would have to call revolutionary because they would uh, it, it require the abolition of society as it currently is. That when we demand like society be rearranged in certain ways, this is a part of the project. Well, come on now. Those are just conspiracy theories by conservatives to suggest that there's actually a movement underfoot here to try to transform America into a society that you don't even really recognize anymore. And then, you know, come on, stop with your wacky conspiracy theories. Stop, 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 stop. Come on. <clears throat> we'll just move on, shall we? Why would we ever suggest that this is part of a broader plot to bring about a communist revolution? Huh? What's the big deal, man? What's the big deal? Ah! Hey, Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden's so cranky. Ah, what's the big deal? I'm just saying. Ah, ah, ah. I don't know. I think this, too, if you want to think about what uh, 2022 is going to be like for Democrats, especially Democrats who are worried they're going to get their butts kicked, and they will, I just want you to know something. Joe Biden's not worried about it. Now we look at 2022. I want to tell my Republican friends, get ready, pal. You're going to in for a problem. And we need to stay unified. Get ready, pal. You're going to for a problem. Get ready, pal. You're going to for a problem. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and that guy had a problem too, and I took care of him. But the truth is that right now, Democrats are very, very nervous. Uh, very nervous about 2022. Despite what Joe Biden says, despite all of his, his bravado, they're very nervous about 2022. And even 
in places like San Francisco where people have had it with crime right now. They, they've had it. And it's, 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 it's to a point that is, you can only describe as a breaking point where even Democrats now are speaking out about the crime and lawlessness that's gripping our country at the moment. This is the San Francisco Mayor London Breed. It's time that the reign of criminals who are destroying our city, it is time for it to come to an end. And it comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies, and less tolerant of all the that has destroyed our city. Yeah, well, you know, here's here's the problem, though, and just as a, as a point of contention, it is the philosophy of progressivism that is allowing this lawlessness to occur because they view criminals as 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 victims, as victims. That's the truth. Armed robberies are on the rise in Democrat cities, like Philadelphia, for example. Like Philadelphia. A 24-year-old woman crossing the street in Northern Liberty is approached by a man running at her with a gun, according to police. She drops her bag and keys and hands over her cell phone, and police say two people jumped in her car and drove off. It happened at 3rd and Wild East Streets just after midnight Thursday, but similar scary scenes are happening citywide. There has been uh, an uptick over the last week, and, and indeed a lot of it has been high profile and very disturbing to the public. After apologizing about saying the city does not have a crisis of crime a week earlier. District Attorney Larry Krasner said Monday armed robberies are on the rise. Philadelphia police say there have been three armed robberies just over the past week in Center City and Old City with thieves stealing watches. Tuesday night at 645 on Cuthbert Street, right next to the Comcast Technology Center, police say three men jumped out of a vehicle with guns and robbed two victims of their Rolex watches. On Friday, just before 5.30 p.m. at 22nd and Sampson Streets, Three men jumped out of a vehicle with guns and robbed two men of their watches, a wallet, and some cash. And on Saturday night, around 11.45 on South 3rd Street in Old City, police say two men robbed a man of his Rolex watch and left in a vehicle. That victim reportedly a groom stepping outside during his wedding reception. we got to do better to help one another to try to find a solution to it. Just trying to be a little cautious. Don't carry a lot of cash. It's coming to be very scary where you can't even... During the daytime, you have to watch and everything, and I don't like that. In the middle of the daytime, you got to watch. I know. You got you to watch it because that's the reality of Democrat-run cities across this country. That's the truth. That is the reality of what's happening in America right now because of these policies, these liberal policies that have taken over in these cities and people like Larry Krasner who are now in charge, and they view people as victims. So that's how that works. And there's nothing that anyone is going to do about it until people like Larry Krasner and other woke district attorneys across the country lose. And the problem is they all have money from George Soros. As much money as they possibly need, they're not going anywhere anytime. I'm just letting you know. Let me also point this out too. One of the frustrations that people have with Congress in general is the idea that all these people are fiendish ghouls who wind up making lots and lots of money for themselves. They go into government and they they, they, they somehow end up being millionaires after making a salary of like $175,000 a year. And then they become super rich. And even while they're in Congress, they get super rich. They become millionaires. And Bernie Sanders wants to claim he's his best-selling author, like he's, you know, like he's James Patterson. But the reality is... How all these people make all this money is amazing. And one of the things, one of the ways is insider trading. They they can buy and sell stocks. And the policies that they they vote on 
uh, affect stock prices. Obviously. I mean, how many of them cashed in because of COVID alone? Just because of COVID alone. How many of them cashed in on various stocks? There's a guy in New Jersey, I'll get to him in a second, who made lots of money off of COVID. He's a Democrat running for re-election. This is what the vampiric one, Speaker Pelosi, says after the insider training report was just completed, five-month investigation finding that, yes, members of the House and their spouses have made a S-ton of money trading stocks. Insider just completed a five-month investigation finding that 49 members of Congress and 182 senior congressional staffers have violated the Stock Act, um, the insider trading law. I'm wondering if you have any reaction to that. And secondly, should members of Congress and their spouses be banned from trading individual stocks while serving in Congress? No, I don't know to this second one. Um, any, uh, we have a responsibility to report in the stock on the stock, but I don't, I'm not familiar with that five month review. But if uh, people aren't reporting, they should be. Because this is a free market, and people, we have a free market economy, they should be able to participate in that. Should they, though, if they're also voting on the very same policies that could make themselves rich? And then the, the answer is, if that's the case, if it's a free economy, why do you people keep meddling in it all the time? Because you keep meddling, and that's half the problem. Here, I'll read you this headline here. As the United States grappled with the coronavirus pandemic, one congressman looked to profit off the panic. This is from Fortune.com. In the early days of the pandemic, New Jersey Representative Tom Melanowski, Democrat, scolded those looking to capitalize on the once-in-a-century health crisis. Quote, this is not the time for anybody to be profiting off of selling ventilators, vaccines, drugs, treatments, PPEs, anywhere in the world, the two-term Democrat and former Assistant Secretary of State told MSNBC. He did not heed his own admonition. Since early 2020, Malinowski has bought or sold as much as $1 million of stock in medical and tech companies that had a stake in the virus response, according to analysis of records by the Associated Press. The trades are just one slice of a stock, a stock buying and selling spree. And this guy who was doing all this during the time is worth as much as $3.2 million, and he didn't properly disclose all of these various stock trades. The issue of congressional stock trading has taken on a new urgency when several senators and members of Congress on both sides of the aisle have made a ton of money off of these trades. Now, the question, of course, is how much of their policies affect the very stocks that they're buying and how much uh, of what they know in terms of things that could affect the policies and, and, and the stock prices. And that is the question. That is the question. And, and you know the answer to this, obviously, the answer to, to, to all of this, is you say if you want to be in Congress, you got to put everything into a blind trust. And this way, you know, you, you don't have access to any of it while you're, while, you're, while you're in Congress. And you know what that would also do? It would make people not stay there forever. A big part of the problem in this country right now is that we have these people that go in, into Congress and they, they die there. They're there for decades and decades. And I agree. They have a right to make money. I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't. But if they if they had to put their, their, their assets in a blind trust, if they had to turn over these decisions to uh, a, a, a third party who they didn't have knowledge of what stocks they were doing while they're in government, they probably would only be there for a couple terms the way it was designed to be. They, they wouldn't be there forever because they wouldn't be able to directly profit off of it. And they might be nervous about the decisions that the third party person is making. And so they might decide, you know what, this, I'm not, this isn't worth it. I'm, I'm going to leave Congress. Good. Good. There should be more turnover in Congress. 
It's ridiculous that people are there forever and ever and ever. It really is. It's, it's infuriating, actually. That is not the system. That is never how it's supposed to work, ever. And yet it works like that all the time. And then ghouls like Nancy Pelosi and others, they make a ton of money off of this. At the same time, they decry that people need to pay their fair share. And all the time they say, they ah, pay for their fair share. I know. I know. It's, 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 it's nice work if you can get it, right? Nice work if you can get it. But uh, not everybody can get it because the districts are, are drawn in such a way that they're not competitive. And that's another part of the problem, too. They're not competitive. And so these incumbents have these seats forever and ever and ever. Also a big part of the problem. All right. Have a great rest of your day today. I'm going to go scour the JFK files and see if I can figure it out. Questions I have today are, did Oliver Stone kill JFK just to make that movie? How do we know he didn't? Because until the government releases all the files, I have no reason to dismiss Oliver Stone's culpability any more than you do. So what did Oliver Stone know and when did he know it? Was this all designed to make the movie JFK? These are the questions I have. Maybe we'll get some answers. Thank you for listening.